And uh, really, the, the idea behind this series is that, you know, if we're not hungry, we're not going to seek to get fed, right? If we're not feeling like, man, I need something, then we're just going to be kind of hanging out doing nothing, right? Last week, Pastor Toby, he, he started off our series, and he began by talking about holiness. And today, we're going to continue, and, and uh, we're going to go into Romans 2 and talk about um, humility. And all these things that we're covering are, are really things that we pursue, you know, even uh, sometimes we don't feel like it, but when we begin to walk in these things and begin to seek after these things like holiness and humility and uh, community and all these different topics we're going to be covering, you know, these things actually help us to, to grow a healthy hunger for things of God. And, um, you know, I have a short clip for you, uh, so let's go ahead and, and roll that. have it all morning, so let's motor over to the driving range and hit a few virtual balls in space. Yeah, we did that yesterday. I don't want to do that. Well, then what do you want to do? I don't know. Something. Wow. Make a place. Breathe. Oh, it does If you can't pull the straws, you have to good. That's a, a clip from uh, from the Disney movie Wall-E. Uh, this is what I thought of. I, this is what I imagine our lives to be like if we are without hunger, uh, if we are people who are apathetic, uh, unmotivated, not really moved towards health. We're just cruising around on autopilot. Everything is being brought to us. Like you noticed in that uh, clip that it's not that the people aren't physically hungry, right? They, they are, and they're actually getting fed. But what's happening is, is in front of them, there's screens, you know, on the billboards, all over, there's advertisements, right? And these are things that are, are, are beckoning them, telling them, hey, you got a hunger? This is how you're going to feed it, right? And so it's not that that hunger goes away, but we get used to just filling it with things that are not healthy, and then we kind of just go about our lives just kind of on this autopilot in these chairs, just sitting back while we get moved around through life, right? Um, But when we hunger for the things of God, when we seek God out, and we really seek to grow in ways and, and live according to God's plan, then we begin to see that, you know, this healthy hunger is 
is cultivated and we begin to see that that wow we actually are able to to grow closer to god and to build that relationship and and that's where we feel uh, where we find fulfillment, that's where we find joy, that's where we see the passions that God has put in our lives really turn into to calling, and uh, you know, it really puts things in perspective. Well, you know, it, this is the second chapter of Romans that we're going to be talking about today, and, uh, you know, Pastor Toby uh, assigned this passage to me, and, it's, uh, and he said, your topic is humility. I'm not sure what he was trying to say, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, I said, all right, man. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm talking about humility today. And if you ask anybody that preaches, that gives sermons, then they will probably tell you that in that preparation, right, a lot of times God will run that sermon through our hearts first, right? <laughs> he will run it through our hearts. And, um, you know, he literally teaches us, shows us, you know, what we need to learn about the message before you know, we're actually able to deliver that. So today, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, be honest and let's talk about fitness a little bit. Um, you know, since we moved down here uh, to Orange County, I gained a solid 10 pounds. That's, yeah, solid, solid. I mean, I went from San Gabriel. I love the food there. We had great Chinese food, Korean food, uh, Vietnamese food, but uh, American food, of course, but, you know, the thing that we didn't have was great Japanese food, and that's one of my favorites, and so, you know, going from there to, uh, you know, coming down here and, uh, you know, three minutes away is, is like Mitsua, there's like a bunch of ramen places, um, you know, it was just bad, right, and again, you could, you could ask Toby, because like when we first started meeting together here, it was like every day I was getting my cream puff on, you know, uh, <laughs> Japanese shoe cream, a cream puff. That's like a weakness for me. So I was like, you know, if I had like if I was here a little like five minutes early, I was like, oh, five minutes. I got time to run to Mitsuwa and then I'll just grab a cream puff and then show up in the office and uh, be ready to meet. But if you're looking for a good cream puff, Hamaraya Bakery in Mitsua, three <laughs> minutes away, can't go wrong, okay? But, you know, you guys, if, if you've been around this church a little bit and you've, you've caught me during the weekday, you've probably seen me, t-shirt, shorts, very casual, right? And at church on Sunday, of course, you guys see me, and uh, if you haven't already figured it out, I got like four outfits, okay? <laughs> like, like, I mean, pretty much, right? And, uh, you know, it's not just because I'm cheap and don't want to spend money on clothing, but really it's because I can't fit into like 75% of my clothes, you know what I mean? Like, so I have clothes, I just can't really wear them comfortably. Um, but, you know, moving down here, uh, to be honest, before we moved down here, even I was still kind of in a physical decline. Uh, the past five, six years, I say, uh, I've gained... Uh, you know, pretty good, like 50 pounds, and uh, and I feel it, you know, I feel it every day, but um, I, you know, every year, kind of five, six years, every year, I thought, man, I'm going to get back in shape, I'm going to do it tomorrow, we're going to do it tomorrow, today, we're going to enjoy, this will be my last good meal, and then tomorrow would come, right, and then you're like, maybe next week, you know, I'm okay. I'm not that bad, right? Um, you know, I don't really like to go to the doctor much anyways, 
but I, I haven't, I got to go back to the doctor, uh, to be honest, just general checkups, but I kind of stopped going to the doctor when I get injured, because I would like sprain my ankle really bad, hurt my wrist, something, you know, sports injury, and then I would go, and literally, my doctor, this, I mean, this is what he would tell me, he'd look at me, and I'd be like, hey, what about this, you know, I think it's fractured, I think this, and he'd be like, no, nah, you're okay, you know, I checked, you know, it feels okay, you know, and, and it's like, what? You know, give me something, you know, give me, some, what are you going to prescribe for me, you know? He said, Philip, we already talked about this, you know, you're overweight. You got to drop the weight. Your joints can't handle it. You, you're going to have to, uh, you know, eat better foods. You're going to have to, you know, cut out the fried foods, excessive carbs, eat more veggies, you know, all these things, right? And so I was like, man, why am I paying this guy to just tell me that I'm overweight? So anyways, this whole time that, that we've been here and, and and uh, been here at this church, you know, I continue to, to play competitively in basketball, and I, I'm part of a, a team with some of my friends in Arcadia, and so, you know, every, almost every week I would be driving up there uh, Sunday evenings to play games, and uh, the last game we had was a few weeks ago. We, we have kind of a break before heading into playoffs, but, uh, you know, three weeks ago, I had got kind of a big head. And uh, it wasn't because of how I played. I didn't play that great that game. But it was because after the game, when we were in the parking lot all hanging out and saying our goodbyes, one of my teammates, his girlfriend, was like, man, how can you tell me how can I get in as good shape as you? And I was like, are you, are you joking? Like, that's kind of messed up because... Uh, because, you know, she looks like she's healthy, good shape, and, you know, everyone else is in pretty good shape. They're running around, but, you know, I'm like, what do you mean, you know? And, and she explained that she went to the gym, and uh, they said, hey, here's a physical fitness test to see kind of where you're at. And, and she said, I failed the test. She said, I failed the test. I couldn't run. Like, I just couldn't do it. Like, how do you do that? And I was kind of like, ah, oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, and... And I was thinking, well, I guess I just kind of, I kind of run from three-point line to three-point line, and I just yell at all the younger guys, like, come on, let's run, defense, let's go, guys. But to be honest, I mean, I said, I just got short bursts, that's it. I just run hard, and then I'll be walking the rest of the time, right? Um, but regardless, you know, I left that, that evening, and I was driving home thinking, wow, that's kind of cool. Like, I guess I'm not that bad. You know, I guess I'm not in bad shape. You know, I'm all right. I'm still running around, and, and people think that I'm, I'm pretty healthy. I was like, all right. You know what? Yeah, I think I'm okay. And um, so that was Sunday night, and, and literally the, the next day, I had been talking to uh, Pastor Taka Iguchi, who's planting in, in Tustin, the Voice Church, and, you know, we were talking about fitness and stuff, and he was saying, you know what, man, you should, you should uh, check out CrossFit because, uh, you know, that's what he does. And he's like, yeah, this is a, a great way to stay in shape. And, you know, we have family members that are heavily involved. And so I was like, you know, I've been thinking about that for a while. Maybe I'll check it out. And there was an amazing Groupon on sale. And so I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do this. And uh, so that next day on Monday, I showed up to the gym, and I, you know, I, I was feeling okay. Like, yeah, I'm not in bad shape, you know. Not too bad. I think I'll be okay. And, um, and I was in the beginner class, and, and the, the coach began to teach us different exercises, right? 
And I'd done a different weightlifting throughout, you know, high school and when I was younger and all that. But, but I never did any Olympic weightlifting, like, um, you know, snatches and cleans and kind of these more athletic movements. And so I was really interested and excited about that. And so we spent, like, you know, the first 30 minutes learning these different exercises. And we did warm-up exercises, and we were doing, you know, just learning the proper technique of how to raise up these barbells over our head and all this stuff. And, and I was just sweating. I looked around at the two other people that were with me. They were, like, cool. They were, like, all right. But I was just dripping in sweat, and I was like, man, this is a good workout. I really like this. I think this will be a good thing for me, right? And then that was like 30 minutes into it, and then the coach looked at, looked at us and said, all right, now we're going to start the workout. <laughs> I was like, what? You know, I kind of like quietly died a little bit inside. I was like, oh, no, this is going to be bad, right? And, and when she explained the workout, then I was like, oh, man, this is going to be crazy, right? And she's like one of the fittest, you know, women that I know, and she has no mercy, like, because I was on the floor, like, dying, like, I can't do, I, what? And she's like, come on, what's going on? Let's go. You know, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And the other two people were finished, so, if, you know, I finished last. I mean, last with, like, a lot of minutes after everyone else, right? And so in that moment, you know, I was like, man, humility, right? Humbled, utterly humbled. I was like, I am, like, the least fittest person in this whole place and by like a long way. So I was just really humbled. And um, yeah, you know, God's been preparing me for, for this sermon for a while now because, you know, if I think about it, you know, sometimes when we preach, we, we get a topic, we're like, hmm, I don't, I don't really deal with that. I, what am I going to use as an example? You know what I mean? But, but for today with humility, I got too much stuff. So, um, <laughs> God, help me. Why don't we pray on that note? Uh, Lord God, I, I thank you because, Lord, I thank you because uh, I'm reminded that, that you choose to partner with people like me, people that don't have it all together, people that are far from your example of your son, Jesus. And yet you choose to, to partner with us and to walk alongside us and, and draw us near to you. And so, Lord, this morning as we talk about Romans and we, we discuss humility, God, it's my prayer that your word would be spoken. That your word would speak to each person here in this room. And, and God, we pray that you would bring about real life change. That we would not just be hearers of the word, but that we would be doers. And we thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Humility. You know, if you look it up uh, in the dictionary, one definition that I found that I thought was applicable is it says humility is the freedom from, is, it is freedom from pride or arrogance. It's a, a quality or state of being humble. And what are we addressing today? What we're talking about today is we're talking about pride. And, and really, it's focusing on lifting ourselves up, right? Making ourselves feel like we are better than someone else by comparison, by judging their actions or performance against ourselves. 
In this chapter of Romans, we find that Paul is addressing the Roman church, and he's really just putting them in their place. Okay, he's putting them in, this, in their place with this topic of humility, and he's showing them reasons why they should be humble, why they should stop living the way that they're living as hypocrites, as people who are proud and really have nothing to be, to be proud about in, in that sense. So you can join me. Uh, we have the scripture uh, on the screen. And uh, Romans 2, 1. I'm in the English Standard Version today, but whatever version you have, please join along. Verse 1 says, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, that you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? You know, Paul is basically saying, and and he'll say it again clearly a little later in this book, that all people are sinners. All people have messed up. You know, this part tells us that, that, hey, you know, when you judge people, really you're bringing judgment on yourself because you do the same things. You know, I told you I have too many examples, and that's unfortunate. But, you know, yesterday I was driving and uh, going to the grocery store, and, and I was at a left turn signal. You guys can probably relate. I was at a left turn signal, and I was like five cars back. You know, I was in that place that if people aren't paying attention, you're not going to make the light, right? And so there's a little nervousness there, kind of like, man, you guys better go. I'm not trying to wait here a whole nother cycle, right? So, so the light turns green, three cars go, but then there's a car, two cars in front of me, and it's just stopped. Like, it's just parked. I'm like, come on, you know, and I, I'm, I'm a pretty generous in that. I gave them like a full second and they're like, beep! <laughs> like, come on! You know? And uh, and then they, oh, oh, well, yeah, I can see the head pop up, you know? And then they started going. But of course, I didn't make it. Right? <laughs> and so I was sitting there, you know, at the now I'm at the front of the line and I'm just shaking my head like, man, I can't believe some people. I don't know what they're doing. They got to pay attention. And boom. <laughs> God just brought this memory into my mind literally like a few days back where I was that person. And I was, I remember I was trying to change the radio station. I was thinking, oh, I don't know what I'm listening. And then I got honked at. So, you know, right there I just had to stop and like, okay, God, humility. Teaching me humility. You know, don't be, don't be judging people. Don't be kind of thinking things. Just realize that, you know what, we all, we all have things, right? So Paul is saying, how can you judge others? You also mess up. And you saw that in verse 4, he says, how are you taking God's kindness for granted? How do you ignore his patience on you? Don't you know that these things were meant to draw you close to him, to change you, to realize that you're not perfect, and yet God has mercy on you? Verse 5, he continues and says, but storing uh, I mean, but because of your hard and impenitent heart, you're storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will render to each one according to his works. 
7, uh, verse 7, to those who by patience in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are seeking, self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jew first and also the Greek. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek, for God shows no partiality. Right? Paul tells them that because of their impenitent heart, that, that word or their impenitent, some translations say because of their stubbornness, right? that, that because of that, they're storing up wrath against themselves. He tells them in this section that, that they're going to get what they deserve, whether you know, good or bad, they're going to get what they deserve. If they live according to God, they're going to receive eternal life. They're going to get glory and honor. If they live unrighteously, unrighteously they're going to be judged, and they're going to get what they deserve, tribulation and distress. He says, because of your impenitent heart, and to better visualize that, I mean, that, that word in the Greek is scleroteta, which is where we get sclerosis, right, which is a hardening of the muscle. And so really it's like because your heart is hardened, and we hear that in other scripture, I think of Moses right away and, and Pharaoh, because the heart was hardened, right, you're not able to see what God has done for you. You take it for granted, and you live your life in this pride and judgment of others. Now these people he's addressing, he's saying, you guys are proud of how good you are, how religious you are, how much you know about God, and yet you're not actually following God. You guys are going to be judged for these things. In that next section, verse 12, he says, for all have sinned without the law, for all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves. And even though they do not have the law, they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or excuse them on that day when according to the gospel God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus now Paul explains that that God will judge each person according to what they have the Jews were given the Mosaic law and and when they sin under that they're going to be judged by it non-Jews or people who who do know God you know or do not know God somehow they still have this conscience they're still able to be moral and do good things and, and God speaks to them, you know, even though they don't know who is speaking. They will also be judged, but, but not, you know, necessarily by the same standards. This is not talking about salvation where we think of, you know, it's very clear that the, the only way, you know, to the Father is through Christ the Son, right? But he's saying that, that you know what, these people, they don't, it's almost like they don't know better. And yet you still see people that are still living uh, you know, righteous in righteous ways. John Wesley, he was a, a man that we get a lot of our theological beliefs and practices from. Uh, he saw non-Christians doing things, 
uh, that were examples of the fruit of the Spirit, and he called it heathen fruit. He acknowledged that even though they don't know God, you know, they're created by God, and, and God seems to be kind of speaking to them, and he truly created them. His DNA is there, and they exhibit some of those traits, even though they don't know who he is. And remember, verse 16 says that when we are judged, we will be judged not based upon how we are compared to other people. We'll be compared to Jesus. And that will truly reveal where people are at, where we're all at. All the hidden things, all the things that we can fake, the smiles on our face to people while we're thinking how much we really don't like them, uh, you know, these acts of, of fakeness, of hypocrisy, uh, pride, you know, when we act like, hey, we got it all together, on the outside we think, hey, I'm fine. But secretly, you know, we're wrestling with sins. Secretly, we're, we're struggling with pride. Secretly, we're, we're not living, you know, the way that we should be. We're not really following God in our heart. And he's saying all those things are going to be brought out. And then finally, the, the last section, uh, 17 to through 29, and it says, But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve what is excellent because you are instructed from the law, and if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law, for it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. For circumcision indeed is of value if you obey the law, but if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. So if a man who is uncircumcised keeps the precepts of the law, will not his circumcision be regarded as circumcision? Then he who is physically uncircumcised but keeps the law will condemn you who have written code and circumcision but break the law. For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, but by the spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. So there's a lot going on in there, right? Um, and this whole thing about circumcision, this was a, a way that Jewish men identified themselves as Jews. It was part of their identity. In fact, when they referred to others who were non-Jews, the word that they use was literally they're uncircumcised. And that's what they call them, right? So this is a, a big thing in their identity, right? He calls them out and says that, that if you're a Jew and you're not living right, you're hiding behind your outward appearance, your identity as Jews that are God's chosen people. He's, he's telling them, who cares if you look like a Jew, you talk like a Jew, but you're not living like God's children, it doesn't matter. Now, in our context, you know, I think it, it would look more like, you know, you might be, go to church every Sunday, you might read the Bible every day, sing worship songs, listen to Christian radio, you know, all these things. You might look like a Christian, 
to everyone you meet. But if you're not following Jesus in your heart, you're just faking it, right? It's, it's meaningless. And even worse, if some of us, you know, when we, if we tell people, like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm a Christian. What are you doing this weekend? Ah, oh, I'm going to church. You know, I'm a Christian. And then they see you openly sinning without care, just kind of like, hey, I'm just like everyone else, right? These are the reasons why non-believers are blaspheming. They're saying lies about God. They're saying, man, God can't be real. They're saying, ah, oh, that's, that's just a belief for weak people. You know, ah, oh, that's just a bunch of junk, you know? Why? Because they see the way that people that are saying, hey, I'm a Christian, are living their lives. And no, it doesn't mean that, hey, we're all going to be perfect, right? But it's that we're living in a way that people see that, you know what, I'm trying, right? That's my trajectory. That's where I'm heading towards. I'm not there yet, but I'm working on it. And I had, I had this kind of, uh, you know, crazy thought is like how we talk about humility and pride. And when we've experienced those things ourselves, you know, what's going to be nuts is like when we're all in heaven, when we're saved and, and we know there's multiple judgments that are talked about in the Bible. And, you know, like we're going to be receiving reward for how we lived on this earth. And can you imagine if, if we are, are able to watch you know, brothers and sisters, like let's say we're able to be there and watch Billy Graham receive his reward. And we're going to say, man, he's got so much. You know, I got like nothing, man. He's got so much, right? I mean, that's how we would think down here. We might think like, oh, man, he's, I should have been a little better. Like Billy's cooked up in heaven, right? But no, we're going to be in heaven, right? So we're going to be free of those kind of evil thoughts. And so, so we're going to be rejoicing. We would be overjoyed. We would be joining in that like, yes, that's so awesome. Wow. We would be able to celebrate his success. You know, and that's some of the things that, that, that if we walk in humility, then we can experience even now. That when people are blessed and when people are, are do well or they succeed, then we are able to join in their, in their uh, success. We're able to join in celebrating that rather than judging it, putting down, oh, he must have got that because you know, his parents hooked him up or, you know, oh, yeah, he just knew the right people or, or oh, he probably cheated his way. You know, whatever it is, we're able to just celebrate with them, right? It's a different perspective on life. Pride keeps us away, but humility helps us to draw near to God. We mess up. We deserve judgment, but God has mercy on us. His kindness moves us. It draws us to repentance. And right now, we're going to do something very briefly. I'm um, just going to give you a few minutes, uh, so you guys are going to have to just jump to it. But we're going to do an exercise. We've been talking about this as pastoral staff, and, and you know we're getting ready for the Life Together groups and all that. So we want to continue to encourage uh, kind of relationship building and Right now, we're going to let's break up into groups real quick. Just around you, two or three people. Uh, let's try not to go more than that because I want everyone to be able to share very briefly. But, but will you guys be so bold that if you can think, maybe you're like me, if you can think of, man, I got a lot of 
just a lot of times where I've been humbled. You know, why don't you share that in your group? And just here's an example of, you know, God really humbled me in this way. You know, or if you're like, you know what? I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm a humble person. I'm all right. Then, you know, maybe God spoke to you in a different way in this scripture. So why don't you just share how, how God is uh, speaking to you? And uh, all right. And then share one request. Okay. None of this. I know. I know. I know how it goes because I've been with some of you guys and you say, how can I pray for you, brother? Cool. I'm good. No, no request. No, you got to have a request, something, right? Even if it's just, hey, I want to have a good day or I want to wake up tomorrow morning and still be alive, right? Something. Let's share a request and pray for each other. All right, let's go. A few minutes, break up.
I know it's short, but if you guys haven't started to share, maybe one thing you can pray for the other person. Uh, why don't you share that? Share a prayer requests, and then uh, why don't we kind of start bringing it back in together as as one church, as one body, one congregation. Uh, that together we get to live our lives. Um, here we're gonna. Together we get to live our lives and, and uh, you know, journey side by side in, in growing closer to you and, and learning what it means to be people that are hungry for you. Oh, we thank you for this time that we had in groups and, and we praise your name, Lord. We continue to, to praise your name today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I got one last, or, uh, last slide. You can go ahead and show my, the picture I have. So this is, uh, this is one of my coaches. This is the main coach that I, I work with uh, the past several weeks. And his name is Miguel, and he pushes me, okay? Um, the first time I met him, he was easier than, than my first coach, where he was a little bit more kind, you know? But, but he, he's gotten to know me, and he pushes me, right? And just like what you saw in the groups, that's so important for us to be able to be accountable to each other to, to follow up and say, hey, how are you doing with that? How is it going? And then we are able to walk together, and, and you know, that's been a big help for me. So here's your, your weekly challenge. It's read Romans 1 to 2. Consider what Paul is saying and how it applies to your life. Pray about how you need to grow in humility. Maybe consider areas that you have an unhealthy pride in. Places where maybe nobody know, else knows except for you, like verse 16, right? And then go through this week trying to be aware of those moments when you start to judge people. When you realize you're starting to do this, you know, stop and pray about it. And let's see, you know, how God moves in our lives through that. So, you guys, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in each of our lives and, and for the things that you are just starting, Lord God, these new things that you're starting up and God, we pray that you would continue to, to guide us, direct us, and grant us your wisdom and your mercy, Lord God. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys. Thanks for joining us this morning. And uh, we'll have refreshments. And continue to talk to each other. Continue to talk.